0: Hi, everybody. Kent and Mike here. We are so glad that you tune in, uh, for another edition of our podcast. Um, we've got a lot. We're, we're meeting on a Tuesday morning and, um, it, it's thick in the news because we want to hold the newspaper or the internet in one hand and the, and our Bibles in the other hand. And, um, and so thick. All over the news this morning is the scandal with the congressman uh, from New York about the, the Twitter accounts and the pictures he was sending. And then, um, you know, you've got uh, last week Jim Trussell, my Ohio State coach.
1: Which is painful for which you, isn't is it, Which is massively painful. That's right. and I'm Your university.
0: I'm convinced he was falsely accused. Right. He's a cheater and he cheated. Otherwise. Yeah. And then you've got John Edwards and and all of that coming out. And so you have this, this kind of uh you know um you've got the dumb thing that people do and then you've got the cover up of the dumb thing that people do and and felt like that would be good fodder for us uh this morning Kenton one of the things that uh, you've you know spoken of to me and to lots of other leaders is the importance of confession and so speak a little bit about that because i i think there's a christian understanding of it that we miss Um, when we we become amazed at the hypocrisy of some of these very public figures.
1: Right. And what I like about it is, even in the world, the sane-minded people always are saying to people who get caught, you know, if you'd be honest with it, if you'd come out with the truth, if you wouldn't hide, because there is what we do, and then there is the sinister thing that comes along where we get twisted in a lie that always makes it worse. And even... Um, even in the world when people come out honestly even when they're caught but they'll tell the truth mm-hmm. The, the people tend to be fairly forgiving, and what they distrust most is that sense of deception. And we know that it's this hideous part of what Satan does, so let's look at it from a big context and then come back at confession. Mm-hmm. There is this sense that we are in a world where from our natural desires we want to protect ourselves and our pride, and we get caught into, through our sin and our brokenness, we get caught and we fail. And what Satan does at that point is he comes in immediately because he's an accuser and a liar and he twists it into us. And so, his temptation is, if people find out about this, they will dislike you. Um, He'll excuse it. This isn't a big deal. Everybody else does it. Or, you know what, this is just a part of life. And he begins to twist us into a lie. And when we embrace that lie, when that lie gets twisted into our heart, That is really what creates a stronghold the Bible talks about where it's a foothold. It's a place where now Satan gets into our life and he creates this sense of hiding from us. And what the Bible gives to us is this great place where we can protect ourselves from it of confession. And confession has two sides. Confession is the discipline of agreeing with God in our brokenness and in our sin And we can go to that because the Bible says it's the kindness of God, the love of God, the mercy of God that calls us to repentance. And the reason that David in Psalm 139 says, search me, O God, the reason he's willing to let God or he's willing to invite God into his heart and say, look at my heart uh, and tell me what you see is that he knows God is always going to be kind and loving and merciful and gracious. God is not like us. He's not going to be condemning. He's not going to be pointing. He's not going to be angry. God is wonderfully loving, and he sees the broken parts of our life. And when we invite God in, we're saying, God, show me where there is brokenness. Because God, in love, compassion, and kindness, points out the brokenness, and he invites us to admit it and say, this is the truth in me. Uh, This is where I am. And the good news is God, who is the master artist, isn't threatened by that. And we talk a lot about there is forgiveness, and there's this process that God is continually developing us. So the first part of confession is for us to be courageous enough to go to God and admit the truth. And it's the discipline of admitting the truth. Uh, In our own life, uh, we journal and we admit the truth. In our thought life, we're able to write it out or say, this is true of me. We have people in our life where we can constantly admit the truth so that uh, we have the practice, the spiritual practice of constantly saying, this is the truth. And it keeps me from sliding into that kind of gray zone of going, well, I didn't really do that, or everybody, where I just say it the way that it is. But what we're not good is the other side of confession is admitting kind of what we're talking about in Ephesians, the positive side, which is, I am loved. I am forgiven. I am redeemed. I am a saint. I sinned because I forgot who I was, but the truth is I'm God's loved child. And so confession is really the invitation on two sides, to admit the truth where I didn't live up to my identity, I fell short of my identity, uh, this is where I am in this process, That's not threatening to God, and so there's the discipline of admitting the truth. But on the other side, it is the discipline of affirming the truth. I'm loved, I'm redeemed, I'm forgiven, and embracing those truths, which really then creates the motivation of saying, next time, I don't have to do this, I don't have to believe that lie. Is that how you see it? I've kind of gone on there for a moment. You're just listening.
0: I know, shocking. (laughs) Uh, I would add another layer to it um, that is totally consistent with what you've said. Um, there There is a sense, though, that we don't understand the basis for confession well. We think that, um, I, I remember I was at a retreat and years ago, and the speaker looked out at this audience of maybe 1,200 college students, and he said, when you confess your sin, do you appeal to God's mercy, or do you, do you appeal to his justice? And he said, how many of you appeal to mercy? Every hand went up. How many of you appeal to his justice? You know, no hand went up. I mean, we don't even think that way. And he kind of walked through this idea where, you know, in First John it says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Mm. God's justice was satisfied by the sacrifice of Jesus. And so, literally, the basis of my 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 freedom in Christ isn't that God's merciful, although in mercy he sent Christ. And it's not that he loves me, although he loved me enough to demonstrate that love, but mm-hmm. it's the fact that his justice has already been satisfied. It's really that both end, isn't it? So, it you have
1: faithfulness and the mercy grace. Yes. I like it. And The same side, there is a sense of justice. It's been taken care of.
0: Yes, because what we don't want to say is that our brokenness is not a big deal to God. And um, it's a huge deal. I mean, it's the anguish of his heart to have forsaken his one and only son for our sake. So we have to say these aren't just mistakes. These aren't just one-offs. But there is a freedom we have now to live without condemnation that's rooted not just in his love and affection towards us, but in the fact that his justice has been satisfied. That's why there's no condemnation. Otherwise, like we read in Ephesians, we would be, by nature, deserving of wrath. That wrath was poured out on Jesus. And so, there there are all kinds of layers to this. It's the affirming of my positive identity. It's the renouncing that these behaviors that, that I've done are part of the old self that is wasting away and I'm being renewed, day day. By day in the image of christ it's the recognition when
1: i come before him i can appeal to his justice i like that because for me one of the things that i've noticed is as i discipline myself to to write out uh d- places and be honest you have places you know, i have lots of places there are that. you know you admit the lies the half-truths all these things mm-hmm. what i've noticed is and i think that paul says you know i'm chief among sinners part of what that means i think is as we come to come to christ i am more aware of my brokenness my sin i see it more clearly That's right. and the longer i walk with him i do and but i'm not lost in it i'm That's not right. overwhelmed by it That's right. and it is the combination of both of those ideas if there wasn't his love and his grace i wouldn't come to him if there wasn't this sense of justice and righteousness that he's made me right he's 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 paid the penalty these things don't hang over me Right, You know, there would be a sense of he's just being optimistic and, you know, there is kind of <laughs> like, I like you, but you still are a mess up. Right. And, and it is both of those that gives right. me the courage to be honest, to look at those. Because I go into it and I'm more and more aware of, of falling short, but it isn't this wave where I become so overwhelmed, there's a discouragement, I can never be what God wants me to be. Right at the same time i see that god is redeeming he is That's saving right. he is rescuing there are new desires that are emerging i am not what i once was That's right. and and i don't get lost you know cuz there's times people come and they get they seem to get lost in the i am broken i am sinful i am overwhelmed by and, and it That's is right. that part of they're trying to fix themselves instead of embracing there is the justice of God, righteousness, right. forgiveness. That's there right. is a mercy, grace, kindness, his faithfulness that gives me the courage to move at him and say, I don't have to be afraid of you it's on either a, it,
0: side. It's a bit of a paradox in the sense that the, the closer you get to Jesus, the more wicked I see that I am. And yet, the closer I get to Jesus, the, the less that disturbs me or
1: defines me. So, go all the way around. So, what do we have to say in our worldview to all of these people who uh, who now are being shamed publicly because they've been caught? Yes. And so, the gospel's always saying, it doesn't have to be this way. That's right. When When you fall and and you take that first step, you don't have to cover up, you don't have to hide, you don't have to pretend, you don't have to be twisted in a lie, mm-hmm. but if you can be honest at this point and... God is gracious to us, yeah. and in that moment, you find the truth of yourself so that you don't get caught in the web. And these people then become an illustration of what we say. Look at the gospel. The gospel rescues us from this. Yeah. We don't have to pretend that we're more than we are. Now, we're not excusing what they do, and we're sad for them because we see right. in them a picture of you know, our the own brokenness. Yeah, totally. We're going, oh my gosh, I could go there. Oh. I could be overwhelmed in that way. I don't want to live in that life. And even though we see it, you know, you do something (laughs) even small, you know, just there's a half-truth, and then you're looking at your wife going, and you say, am I going to come clean here? Am I going to admit this, or am I going to just perpetuate it? And it's like, no, that's what happened. Really? Right. (laughs) Really? Right. Really. And then, ultimately, it always leads to the destruction. And, uh, And I feel like... There's another,
0: you know, different piece. The folks that I know that really live this way, that in ruthless confession to God and to other people, because there's another people component to this that's absolutely critical, that those are the people that are the first to look at somebody who's fallen publicly and to say, we still are for you. We can still be with you. They're, they're, They're not the folks that are so quick to throw the rocks of judgment and join in the choruses of hypocrisy in our culture, but are the ones that really see that th- there's a humility and a tenderness. to those people because they're in touch with their own sin. So one of the things you've said is that when Paul says, I'm the chief of sinners, well, he's the only heart he knows.
1: That's right.
0: Everything else I'm reading on your outside. And so I know my heart. I don't know anyone else's heart. My heart's dark. So there's this other sense that the posture we have towards people, we shouldn't be surprised that people are living double lives, for
1: crying out loud. This is the root of sin. And the other side of it is people... When they see it, the reason they get so afraid is they see people lying, deceiving in public office or in any office, and there's a sense of if we don't judge them harshly, trucks are gonna go out of control in neighborhoods and hit little kids, and evil's <laughs> gonna just sweep through the world, and we've we've got to you know, we've got to go after evil. And and ultimately we know that our judging of evil isn't ultimately the solution to evil that only god is the one who rescues redeems saves and that he's really the only hope that we have and there is that reminder of saying oh god save us rescue us and that only when people can come to the truth of the gospel do they realize you know what that is what holds evil at bay it isn't us you know there should be righteousness. We can't let people just skate. There, you know, there has to be a kind of justice. That's but right. it protects us from that individual justice of being angry. I That's have right. to be angry That's at right. this. I have to control it. I've got to stop it because I can't stop it. Yeah.
0: You know, there's an interesting uh, part in the Genesis narratives where Adam and Eve sin, of course, they disobey. And, you know, they didn't go rob a bank. They didn't go murder right away. The first thing they did was they hid. And that has been the human response to sin ever since. Mm -hmm. We hide. And so part of the gospel invitation... You know, is to come out of hiding. I mean, when God asks, where are you? He knows. I mean, it's not for his sake that he's asking this question. But there's a sense of come out of hiding. Come be in relationship. We can, you know, sin has consequences, of course. But it's like I tell my kids, as long as we're dealing in truth, we're
1: okay. Okay, so that's our message today. That's our message. Come out of hiding. We see all that. We don't have to judge them and think it's about them, the truth of us. Truth is uh, for all of us, all of us can come out of hiding we can be who God wants us to be so Ohio
0: State will still be great and uh, pray for our new coaching search I mean this is really big I think
1: <laughs> I think is, just can't let go of it huh oh, I know that's my it. heart just is sad all right. all right bless you guys all right thank you